welcome to Merrickville. Well, it's a double ender Lawrence Mooney day, ladies and gentlemen. This is the other end. I started yesterday uh, and backed up today, and I'm looking forward to it. I've started the day in fine style, too. I tried my hand at face painting for the first time. I saw that. Mm. I saw that and, on Instagram. Uh, that's that's lovely. Painted your daughter's uh, little tiger face. She she went to, to book week as the tiger that came to tea. And oh. um, Liam uh, mm. was a little bit jealous and he asked me if I say? could paint his face. No, I didn't. Oh, did you, Liam? No, I didn't. Mm. How, did you ask, no. how did you ask Lawrence he to He said he wanted face? me to paint his face after the show. <laughs> And I said, Liam. sure, maybe at the Christmas party Liam. as a special treat. What book? What book? Well, yeah, what book? <laughs> Frosty the Snowman or... Uh... <laughs> I'll make it Harry Potter so it's just an easy one line for you, Loz. Just the, just the lightning bolt on the forehead. I can do that for you. Not a problem. <laughs> Loz, uh, online, an astonishing secret has been revealed. Oh, unbelievable. The- the recipe for McDonald's secret Big Mac sauce has reportedly been leaked online. They've, uh, been, they've been sitting on this one for a long time. Um, it's all beef patty special sauce, lettuce, cheese, pickles, onions on a sesame seed bun. No, I find, it, I find it a little hard to believe that because um, I'm pretty sure that there's been plenty of Big Mac sauce that's been leaked online before. But um, Yeah, but I mean, if your special sauce is leaked online, you want to know where it's come from. And uh, who's responsible? Absolutely, mm. um, and I'm sure that. But this is a contains... special sauce. Have you ever got? A, have you got a secret recipe? So, <laughs> it's not. It's not the ingredients. I find it's not the ingredients. I find it's the method. So that's it what, contains the special yeah. sauce. I, I think that when if you are making a special sauce, you've got to beat it rap- rapidly. But you and, can understand uh, why the special just, sauce ingredients weren't included in that rhyme, you ju- the rap you just gave then, Lawrence, because mm-hmm. it would be much more tricky to say no. the two all beef patties, lettuce, cheese. Because it contains soy, I, soybean oil, pickle relish. Uh, yeah, that, it would be hard to say. It would be hard to say two all beef patties, polysorbate AD, uh, <laughs> distilled vinegar, water, egg, fructose, yeah. sodium benzoate, oh. mustard bran. Oh. No, i tell you what, I tend oh. to... I tend to give up once you get the fructose. I just go, you know yeah. what? Fructose. Just, just get the special sauce out and you get it out there. Yeah. Um, did the Colonel, was he 11 Secret Herbs and Spices? He was. was he, yeah, yeah. But he would have had a special sauce. Yeah, he did. But I, I think that was just a zinger. I think that was his zinger sauce. There's been rumours of that, the 11 Secret Herbs and Spices being revealed by lots of people. Yeah, yeah. This stuff always comes out. These are trade secrets. This is the point, right? Mm. These are trade secrets. Now, I don't think it's necessarily such a good thing that the Big Big Mac sauce recipe has been revealed because there's, there's something McDonald's? about the magic of the industry. Is, is it, It's made by Ronald McDonald, though, isn't it? 100%. Sauce? It's made by him. And I, yeah. think, I think Grimace... Was involved originally, but then he yeah. was bought out. He of helped them. make. He helped Ronald McDonald making the special sauce. I think so. Yeah, and that's and why they call him Grimace, because he's <laughs> always working hard and he's got that look on his face. It's like, enjoy your work, mate. You know, you're helping you're working people. Too hard. In, yeah. Why are you grimacing? <laughs> don't grimace. I mean, don't, 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 don't grimace. You have been helping Ronald exceptionally well. Mm. Making this is uh, what. What? My, my we're talking is, about trade secrets. Yeah, we we're talking we about trade secrets. We are absolutely 100% talking about. I was a customs about, officer. Yes. I was a drug love, detector, dog handler. I know. Trade how secret. Give us a trade secret, Loz. How do oh, we get around the dogs, Loz? Uh, carry the drugs internally. 
the dogs. The dogs, the dogs can't, can't smell, smell them. them. Yeah. Right. yeah okay. that, that, that's, that's a trade secret. It's a trade uh, secret. So it's but not a recommendation. No, no, you should very not do hard. it. It's very hard. Mm. Well, I to did get hear... a boogie board bag inside, <laughs> your, inside your rectum. Different roads to the same intersection. <laughs> we were both going there. Were we coming at that from different angles? A boogie board being internally ingested yeah. in a non. Excuse me, excuse me. Can you, walk, can you come over here? Why are you walking like that? <laughs> <laughs> And why is there Velcro hanging out the back of your pants? Speaking parted, do you seem to have a fin coming out of your <laughs> There's a leash bum. tied to your leg. No, you're not. Oh. You do need to come over here to this room with the gloves on. That's, that is a trade secret, though. Absolutely. You've revealed a trade secret. Here's well, the, a... Dogs can, the dogs can't smell unless there's odour available. Mm-hmm. Well, and, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna blow the lid off the radio industry, and I have oh been, my god, I've been I've been warned by my producer Maddie. Don't, Is ugly Phil actually ugly? No, <laughs> no, it's not trade secret. Ugly He's Phil, dangerous. moderately attractive. <laughs> moderately attractive. Yeah, that's that's one massive. Uh, that'll probably be in the Daily Telegraph tomorrow. And dangerous Dave. Uh, he's not actually quite safe. Yeah, you he's, know, been, he's actually yeah. He's yeah. a safety warden. They've, they've, <laughs> no, they, you'd be he's surprised. Got a yellow helmet on. Um, I, I was going to talk to, I, I said to Maddie, my producer, I said, oh, I, sh- I should explain how we rig competitions here. And he said, don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> that's only kidding. It's now, a joke. Liam, that is a proper ever... actual real joke because you can't oh, no. rig competitions because mm. you go to prison. It's illegal. Yeah. Um, Liam, have you ever had a day job or re- another job? Something, you know, valid? A real job? <laughs> yeah. A real job. A real uh, job. The first job I ever had was I was a window cleaner, not one of the high-rise people that abseil off the buildings. A window leaker? <laughs> You say? No, window cleaner. Cleaner, sorry. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, that was my first job. And like shop fronts and and, uh, and houses. We did yeah, we, domestic. We get it, cleans. mate. We know what windows are. Well. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for the explanation. Jeez. That's that's the trade secret you know, of what windows you know the are. Clear, you know the clear bit at the front of a shop? That's the window. The bit that's not the door. That's the window. Lawrence, Liam, most Liam most shops you visit months, are blacked out windows. For the first to be six honest. months, he's rolling up and squeegee, rubbing the bricks. No, Liam, that's the manager, up. mate. <laughs> you don't have to wash him. <laughs> that's a wall, Liam. <laughs> no, Liam, you can leave that alone, mate. That's just the tiles. They're right. Oh. One, triple, three, five, three. No, we want you to no, share no, trade, trade secrets. Tell us your secret. Trade secret. Uh, <clears throat> no, the trade secret basically that, well, for this window cleaner that I worked for anyway, was that on your domestic houses, um, we were cleaning the outside. We would absolutely go into your house, poke around your house and use your bathroom. Yeah, that's like all tradies, mate. Well, mm. thanks for peeling back the curtain, wizard. That was amazing. No tradie ever goes to the toilet at home. No. No matter how desperate you are, you get in that you no. get the first job no. and you just open up. It's just a luxury portal, mate. They go nuts. How do you not know that? I'm going to, I'm going to seriously reveal one thing about the radio industry, and this is a trade secret. Mm-hmm. Requests. When you ring up for a request. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that works. We, we all just, yeah, whatever you reckon. Whatever you reckon. No, it's, it's all on a playlist. As long as the next song you want to hear is the Zephyr song by What's the Red Hot Chili exactly, Peppers, exactly. we can play it. Give us a request. What do you want to hear? What do you want to hear, Come Darren? On. Oh, you want to, you want to hear um, Marilyn Manson? Ah, oh, can't find it. Would you? Would you rather? How about? Would you like to hear Red Hot Chili Peppers? Yeah, yeah, because that's the yeah, next song on. that we have loaded up. Oh, so no, I'm just that's going handed. through the CDs now.
Oh, yep. No, we can't oh, find we it. Oh, can't find it. it. must oh. be... Oh, it's got a scratch on it. Would you like to hear the chilli peppers instead? You would? Great. One triple three five three. Give us a call with your trade secrets, things about your industry, your job that we don't know about. Give us a call. One triple three five three. and tell us about your industry secrets. I don't want to have to break everybody's minds, but that song by the Red Hot Chilli Peppers was actually a recorded mm. um, song, and they didn't play that live just for today. I can tell you something about uh, the paint face painting industry because I did my first face painting today. Yes. Um, outside the football ground, you know, when you can get your kids' faces painted, yeah. when they're doing Essendon, they always put the red stripe on first because if they don't, it's blackface. Oh, wow. <laughs> I didn't even think of that. That is amazing. Because you just go, wow. I'm sorry, but that's wrong what you've just done to that kid. <laughs> You know what the really staggering thing is? This is probably a sad <laughs> indictment of this show. That's mm. probably the best learning I or anybody else will take away from today's show. That's all or, you're going to get from this show or today. your best defense if you blackface, you go, I've just lost my red. I, I'm <laughs> going as an Essendon supporter and I can't find my red anywhere. I'm halfway through my face painting, um, <laughs> Harry Connick Jr. Yeah. Excuse okay. me, Harry. <laughs> Harry Connick. Harry. Harry Connick. You're I'm the just... racist one, mate. Yes, mate. I'm a football supporter. Yeah. <laughs> We're talking about this because McDonald's secret Big Mac sauce recipe has reportedly <laughs> been on leaked online. Yes. yes that's right. Take your calls. We should stop saying blackface. Mm. Peel back the curtain. Tell us the secrets of Peel your it. industry that we don't know about. Got Matt and Toon Gabby. Hello, Matty. Hey, going? Very good, mate. What industry are you work in and what's the secret we don't know about? I, uh, I used to work at the cinema in like the Gold Class. First class, first class, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Mm. And um, in the kitchen, we would always make the food or whatever. And you used to uh, lose the dockets and all that stuff. So the runners would go in and wait for wait for people to like call saying, "Oh, I haven't got my food." So if you tap one of those runners and say, oh, "I haven't gotten this, like, gotten my food yet," but you actually didn't order it, they'll go up and give it to you for free. So you can get a seventy dollar platter for free. Oh. Wow. Oh, they, and, and that's everywhere. They just lose the dockets because the system's a bit... Yeah, well, sometimes, yeah, because it's, it's a mess. It's, it's The way it's set up is crowd on it, you know. Wow. You just, know? Yeah. So I can say, oh, sorry, um, I've been just waiting on those 84 beers I ordered um, a few yeah, minutes ago. Yeah, that'll probably cost you about $3,000, so... Oh, okay, well, you know, <laughs> all right. Thanks for ruining the fun. That's interesting, though. I mean, Can if you I order things platter... that aren't on the menu? <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> I'm really lonely. Shane in Quakers Hill. <laughs> Yes, hello. Um, hello, Shane. Save us. How are you guys? Very good indeed, mate. Probably in some trouble, but otherwise mm. good. Good. Yeah. Okay, tell us about your industry. Well, first of all, what's your industry, Shane? Um, I'm a joiner. So a joiner, yeah. Um, doing st- staircases, balustrades, things like that. Yep, so. yep. All right, what's lots, the secret of your industry? Lots of um, different timbers, lots of different colours, and um, basically, if we didn't have a putty to match, we'd um, basically pick our nose. And, um, yeah, mixed with the sawdust boogers, and it made a good putty. Oh, <laughs> I know what you mean. So you punch a nail in, right, and you've got the cavity where the nail's gone into the timber. That's right, yep. And you don't have a little bit of putty to fill that gap, so you pick your nose and mix it with some sawdust that you've done after you've cut it. No, the, the sawdust is up your nose. You've, it's, it's like a jar, oh, you know. Oh, it's already there. Yeah. It's pre-prepared. Sorry, I've been glad <laughs> Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. So, so, sorry. I was to my boss, and um, yeah, you know, it's is, got me out of trouble a couple of times. Is humans not a fire retardant? Because uh, <laughs> yeah. she really covered buildings. It's, uh, it. Australian standard. Yes. <laughs> well, look, I mean, I've never heard of that, but now I'm just thinking, oh my god, mm-hmm. I've put my hand somewhere mm-hmm. in some snot. 
Yeah. I, I, I don't want him to grout my brown tiles. No. <laughs> Johnny and Ryan, hello, mate. Hey, how are you? <laughs> Very good. Okay, what's your trade and what's your oh, secret? It's not my trade anymore, mate, but many years ago at the beginning of the bottled water craze, I used to work at a, at a bottling plant that basically we just had a garden hose in the driveway, filled up some tanks, and it was filling up hundreds and hundreds of bottles of water. Oh, great. Oh, my God. Straight out the tap. Hang on a second. Are you telling me that you didn't drill a hole into Mount Franklin? Is that... It wasn't bottles, wasn't bottles at source, mate, no. What? Oh. That what? is the most are revealing you... thing since the snot and the sawdust. Are you Are you saying that some of the water was just water? It was very much just water, yeah. You used to uh, wash the cars after work as well, so, yeah, mm. no, definitely just, just tap water. Bloody I can't water. believe bloody French. I knew it, Evian. Not Evian. real. That's not coming out of a mountain in France. Yeah. It's coming out of a hose in Bankstown. <laughs> An incredible story here, Loz. New Zealand avocado thieves are on a spree. That's right. New Zealand's avocado thieves are being forced to get creative this season by selling their stolen avos on Facebook. And police are intensifying their efforts to catch them. Due to increasing demand for avocados, there have been dozens of nighttime raids on orchards <laughs> by thieves in the really? upper North Island. Yeah, like avocado theft is such a massive problem. They're yeah. going in there and stealing them at night. They're the worst New Zealand avocado thieves. They're always going for low-hanging fruit. <laughs> oh. uh, well, Sergeant Trevor Brown from the Western Bay of Plenty said that the avocado crime has escalated since last year, and he joins us on the line now from the Bay of Plenty. Hello, Sergeant Trevor Brown. How are you? Oh, very good. Thank you, uh, Mercantile. Uh, hello, uh, Sergeant Brown. It's Lawrence Moody speaking. Uh, Bay of Plenty is a beautiful part of the of the New Zealand North Island. Uh, yes. Now, you said that uh, farmers or some growers are taking matters into their own hands by chasing thieves. What are they doing with yes. them when they catch them? Uh, well, they, um, some of them are murdering them, which is a little extreme. I mean, it's just an avocado, but it's clearly they've got the ground to bury them, and they've been burying them. Um, some of them are, are just uh, inviting them in for tea and a discussion. So, you know, there are different levels of extremism there because mm. you've got some people who want to kill and bury, and then you've got a couple of people who just want to invite them in and say, look, what are you doing? Stealing bloody avocados. <laughs> and what have we established... Um what the thieves are doing with the avocados. Are they selling them on the black market or are they using yes. them in the kitchen? No, it looks as though they, there is some sort of um, organised syndicate where they're um, sending the uh, avocados to other parts of the country and also to, uh, I believe, to Sydney and Australia as well. Apparently there's a shortage there because all the bloody hipsters have been eating the avocados instead of buying themselves some real estate. They've been eating avocados and we've been, uh, we've been selling them there. Yes, yeah, so uh, we are mad on a smashed avo over here, Sergeant Brown. Yes. So some of them are making their way over here. Are you, are you suggesting that people are smuggling avocados out of the country? Yes, that's what I believe. I think sometimes uh, people are taking avocados out of New Zealand illegally and they're mm. taking them to other countries, stashed, I would believe, in parts of their body. So I believe some people who are impersonating a men with elephantitis are taking the avocados two by two, putting mm. them on parts of their body and smuggling them out of the country.
Oh, right. So pretending I, do, I actually too. I do myself actually have um, a couple of avocados. Massive, massive avocados myself. Huge right. ones. In fact, uh, they started quite small, to be honest. Mm. And then um, I went away for a little while, left my wife, and uh, went away for a little trip. And mm. then um, by the time I got back, my avocados were huge. And what did just you two, do? Just to, two of them. What did you do massive. to encourage the growth with your own avocados? Oh, look, I just think that it just um, negligence. I think it's. Uh, I think that's one of the things that ignoring makes them. That, yes, that's it. When they're ignored, negligence seems to make them grow really messy. You know, the funny thing is too. Wasn't those green style avocados? They're kind of like mm. a purple. You know, have you ever seen those purple avocados? Yeah, with a really rough skin, quite rough wrinkly skin. skin. Yeah, oh, you know, it looks kind of um, in parts kind of veiny. Like they've got like you know these those avocados. That's what mm. we grow. Those kind of veiny purple avocados. And got some a people of suggest uh, if if you uh, if your avocados aren't quite ripe to massage them to really get the thumb in That's there true. and massage them. Do you massage your avocados, Sergeant Brown? Oh, absolutely. You've got to take good care of them because you've got to treat them like they like their children, or that they could make children. You know that you've, you've got to mm. you've got to treat them like they uh, a part of your own. You know, um, body. You've got to yep. you've got to get in there and okay. give them a good, good a good bit good of rubbing. care. Now, yep. um, avocados <laughs> are obviously being stolen. Uh, it's good to good good to hear you laugh in these grim times, Sergeant Brown. What other part? I what other? It's, it's, I think it's your producer. He must find this show immensely entertaining. Oh, that's Liam. <laughs> He's from uh, Adelaide. He's a lion. Uh, and no, he's he's a Liam. He's from Adelaide. Have you ever heard oh. of Adelaide? Oh God, no! I wouldn't go to I wouldn't go to a place like that. I'm from New Zealand. Why would I want to downgrade? <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, <laughs> what other things are hot on the uh, on the crime list at the moment? What other th- crimes are happening in New Zealand? Well, there's been um, a, a, quite a theft uh, too in the other agricultural sector of plums. We've got a lot of plums here now. Mm. I actually have a couple of plums myself. And, Massive plums. Uh, they're huge. Huge plums. They're the kind of they're the dark plums. Have you seen? Have you seen dark yes. plums? Yes, I have. I don't, know, I don't know if you've got them there yourself, do you? Yes. So, what about grapes? Do you have grapes? Huge grapes. Huge grapes. I've got a couple of really big grapes, and these mm. are the, they're the purple variety. Have you seen those purple right. grapes yep. that you could get? Those what ones. A, what about a sweet potato? Have you got a sweet potato? <laughs> <laughs> Sergeant Brown, are you there? Yes, just checking to make sure that my sweet potatoes are still there. And they are. They're coming up a cropper. You know what the funny thing is, though? For some reason, my sweet potatoes have got a whole lot of eyes on them. And they look like little tiny eyes. You know that? Mm. And they've, they're, it's, they're purple variety of sweet potato. Have you seen the purple variety of sweet potato? I think we'll leave it there, Sergeant Brown, a man that <laughs> loves his vegetables. Pleasure. He's got a couple of massive plums, some avocados, and a sweet potato. Uh, New Zealand's finest, finest here on Triple M. Here comes the money. Sorry, I think you've forgotten the bit where you give me some money. Because someone has to pay Merrick's salary. Here's a word from our sponsor. G'day, Mark Howard here. A year ago, I started the Howie Games podcast, which has given me a fantastic opportunity to chat with some of the biggest names in world sport. The Howie Games deals with the great times, but also discusses the tough times. And in the hope of helping others, AFL star Brendan Favola opened up about his gambling problem. I started with this book, you had two grand... Start of the day, and by the end of the day, I'd won 360 grand. By the You're end of the day. freaking kidding me. So I won 360. I was on fire. I couldn't miss. And I was hitting about two in the morning. We were betting at Hong Kong. Oh, on horses? And I'd had a few, on horses, yeah. I'd had a few drinks. So two grand into there. 365 360, grand. I think it was 365 or $8,000 I won. And then. Now, but hang on, because I. Because I sold Alex. 
Oh, go on, go on, go on. That I've won, won all this money. So we try to get it out the next day with a bookie, but you're not allowed to get it out to the Monday. And this is obviously a Thursday now. So I had to wait till Monday. And, you know, when you're a gambler, you want to bet it. So by Sunday, I was 20 down. I'd lost it all. And 20 down. Then Alex left. So See, that's it. I'm out. You can listen to the Howie Games at podcastone.com.au or via the Podcast One app. And the legend that is Lawrence Mooney joins me this oh, afternoon. So kind. Uh, Loz, we, missed, we missed out on this yesterday. <clears throat> you know, we like to have a little quiz here every now and again. I love a quiz because uh, Liam is a great quiz master. He's a brilliant. He's across it. He's brilliant. He's a, he's a man of many talents. He is. He was last Sometimes, night. Sometimes. Here you go. Oh, last <laughs> night he hosted the Dead Set Legends, and I'm just mm. going to give him a pump up his tires a little bit because he did do. You did do a great Thanks, job, man. Liam. I you appreciate really, genuinely, re- 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 you're good. So you don't... have come out of Adelaide with everything oh, that really? Adelaide has to hold someone back. And the personality. <laughs> Your looks, your the evolving from a low gene pool, yep. Yep. your criminal intent, indiscriminate disability mind. that we can't p- quite place our finger no. on, but we know he's special. We just yeah. don't know how. And, and, and yet and you yet still triumph. And as and as long as and in as long as city. and as long as you two don't get me fired, I might have a future in this <laughs> industry. Then you are in trouble. Yeah. Uh, well, yes. How I have... about you put your pants back on and stop downloading <laughs> porn? <laughs> Uh, uh. Queensland's police commissioner has apologised after officers breached the state's new liquor laws to allow Prince Frederick of Denmark into a Brisbane bar without having his ID scanned. Did you guys see this story? I saw that. So Prince Frederick, because of the laws, even though he's like 48 or something Mm. like that, and clearly is not 17. Yes. They still wouldn't let him in. They wouldn't let him in, and the he went his people went and got some police officers who came back to the bar. And talk to the security and into his, letting him inside. His kids are like 10. So if he was 17 and he had a 10-year-old kid, I mean, he'd be from St. Mary's. This doesn't make any sense. He wouldn't be from Europe. <laughs> the, the police Plus. commissioner has, has said that while technically what they did was wrong, it was the common sense thing to do. Mm. So it's sort of the royals behaving badly. So I've prepared a quiz for you guys. Right. It's not the massage. I beg your pardon. It is a very naughty boy. So we've got a royally naughty quiz for you, all right? Right. Excellent. Now, uh, Lawrence, as as we do, I'll let you pick uh, the buzzers for uh, for this one. What do you want the buzzers to be today? I am Princess Diana. Oh, okay. Mess? I'm the tunnel. Okay. Can I suggest you come up with another buzzer? Okay, fair. Oh, fair when cool. you said that, I thought you were I'm talking going, about I, no. Fergie. No. <laughs> Fergie, no, I'll be Fergie. Cool. Okay, Fergie. We got yeah. Princess Diane Fergie. Okay, um, the Royal Naughty Quiz. Here we go. Prince Jeffrey of Brunei is the brother of the Sultan of Brunei, a man who mm. once spent five do- $5 million on 10 watches depicting a couple having sex in different positions every hour. Awesome. What wow. did he call his super yacht? Princess Diana. Yes, Princess Diana. Um, Flash of Brunei. <laughs> Sultan of Brunei. <laughs> Flash of Brunei. It's a good guess, but it's not right. No idea. Uh, he called it tits. Wow! Oh, yeah. That's funny. awesome. Now, for, for bonus points, what did he call, do you guys know what a tender is off a super yacht? Yeah. Tender's a little boat. The, the little, boat, the little so. boat that comes off the super yacht. Now, given that he called we his, dream of owning the tender. Yeah. Now, yeah. Given, <laughs> that, given that he called his super yacht tits, what did he call the two tenders oh, of the Fergie. super yacht? Yes. Nipples. A little bit more information. Areola. A little bit more. Wagon wheels. <laughs> nipples. I'll give it to you. Bowls. The two, the two tenders were called Nips. nipple one and nipple two. Oh. oh. All right. 
So He's there mental. There we go. Uh, okay, King Carl sixteenth of Sweden, a third cousin mm. of Queen Elizabeth, reportedly celebrated a hunting trip where he caught a particularly large elk with a big dinner and what? Ooh. Princess Diana. Yes. The orgy. I'll give you the points. Three, a threesome. Really? That's how he celebrated. When was this? When did he do this? Is this recent? Who's this guy? The elk wasn't involved, was it? (laughs) 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 All right, we're going into... I mean, it's a bit horny. (laughs) (laughs) One point apiece. We're going into the... uh, we're going into the Prince Philip speed round. Okay, we go. Oh, good. Okay. So, it's, so it's slow. Yeah. In 1986, the Duke, Prince Philip, said, if it has got four legs and is not a chair, if it has got two wings and flies but is not an aeroplane, and if it swims and is not a submarine, who will eat it, according to Prince Philip? Fergie? Yes. The Queen? <laughs> no. Um, what? If it's got four legs and not a chair, yep. wings and not a... And it's and not who an aeroplane. Yeah, Princess Di. <laughs> yes. No, that was the answer. <laughs> <laughs> no, he said the Cantonese would eat it. Uh, he the, said that the to Cantonese? a world. He said that to a World Wildlife Fund meeting. Uh, that uh, <laughs> he's not right. He's is not he well. Boy? Is he still alive? Yeah. He's still kicking yeah. around in here. Uh, in 1995, the, what did the Duke famously say to a Scottish driving instructor? You're a tight ass. Uh, no, uh, Fergie. Yes, Fergie. Um, Mm. You're a, you're a, you're stupid. Mm. Mm. No. Princess Di. Yes. Mm. You look laddie. Show us your kilty. <laughs> no, no, he said. How do you keep the natives off the booze long enough to pass the test? Oh. Whoa. <laughs> That's pretty funny. That's All right. good. Upon That's meeting great. the Nigerian president, who was dressed in traditional robes, Prince Philip said, "What? Oh, uh, Fergie. Yes. Nice dress." <laughs> Show us your. Show us the like the losing sound. Oh, <laughs> Sorry, no, there's a lot oh, of it. You get it right. I don't have it's to play as, it. It's almost as though we're not anglophiles. Mm. He said, "You look like you're ready for bed." Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right, last one. I don't know who's winning. No one. Because no one. she worked the in the listeners. film industry, Prince mm. Philip once asked Kate Blanchett to do what? Princess Di. Yes. Play charades. Oh. Uh, Fergie, sit on his lap. <laughs> Fergie, go. And he asked her. Canoe with, with he him. asked her to go. fix his DVD player. Oh, what? Mm. Oh. Because he worked in. Because she worked in the. That uh, old one. Do you want to come back to the palace and uh, check out my DVD player? <laughs> come out, check out my laser discs. Yeah, it's just over here. Just go over there. Yeah, just over there. Pull down on that book there, and then it spins around, and then we just go into mm. there where the queen doesn't know where the DVD yeah, player is. Bingo. That's where it is in there. Mm. He did once ask a Scottish um, politician if she was wearing tartan knickers as well. Oh, he's not right, is no. he? So no, but I think I think you know. Although a lot of that stuff sounds incredibly racist and sexist, you know, in the day it was just a bit of jolly old fun. Yeah. That he was having. Yeah, true. But unfortunately, it was six months ago. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's right. He's just, he's he just needs to be taken to a paddock now. You know what I mean? Really has, he's he's got lost to get the a... will to die, hasn't he? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> he needs to be taken out to I don't know Windsor Palace or something like that, and just, go, just look over there. Oh, they go on an elk hunt. Oh, farm. Careful. <laughs> We're talking about regicide now. 
Oh, We're Lawrence talking. been given the wind up. Not yeah. surprising you there. Uh, thank you oh. very much for your time, Loz. Thank you very much. Thanks for your time. Thanks for <laughs> popping by. Hey, no worries, Mez. Have a great weekend, everybody. I know it's only Thursday, but uh, you can see it from here. Yeah, right. true. See you next week. Well, Sydney, you're going to hear a term being thrown around for the next few years called Aerotropolis. It sounds like a kid's toy that's not as good as Meccano, but it's not. It's going to be an entire precinct. Badgeries Creek will turn into an economic zone, a free economic zone, with the help of New South Wales Premier Gladys Berejiklian. Uh, she would like to see the construct of the surrounding areas to the airport at Badgeries Creek become attractive to global companies uh, for them to move into Aerotropolis, bringing in high-quality engineering, robotics, defence and agribusiness, right? So this sounds like a great idea. Populate the area with uh, business and make the area uh, a growth corridor, as it were, not just a runway in a couple of paddocks. Now, this has uh, been, the story has been broken, but uh, we've got some uh, audio here from Chris O'Keefe from Channel 9 News. Premier made a very big call, a carbon copy of Incheon Airport in Seoul, South Korea, for what will be Badgeries Creek. So it's not going to be a cow paddock with two runways? Uh, absolutely not, and that's why I'm here. It's seen as the gold standard of airport precincts, essentially a city built around an airport. Hotels, freight, even a casino and golf course. We have much to learn from these places around the world. The Premier announced an invitation-only summit will be held in Western Sydney next year, named Aerotropolis 2026. <laughs> mm, OK, so... It sounds like the the follow-up to the Wog Boy. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? (laughs) Aerotropolis 2026. Now, that summit will be held next year. I propose we have a summit now to change the name from Aerotropolis. What would you call it? I would just call it anything but not Aerotropolis. (laughs) I'd call it Badgeries Creek. What are we doing? (laughs) Badgeries Creek, what do you reckon? Badgeries Creek, have you got cash? (laughs) Don't, don't. Aerotropolis just sounds... Like, it just doesn't sound like a real city. All they've done is just gone, oh, it's an airport, but it'll be a metropolis. Oh, my God, it's Aerotropolis. Can you... No, that's a dumb way of coming up with a Can name. Can you imagine trying to get into a cab and telling the t- taxi driver you wanted to go Aerotropolis? to the Aerotropolis, Sorry, what? The Aerotropolis, Aerotropolis? summit? Mate, Wh- the... Where is that? Mate, by the time this thing is built, there will be no cab drivers. <laughs> 2026, mate, there's not going to be any cabs on the road. Robots are going to be driving cars. Ironically, though, here's one of the things. Um, If you want to go to Aerotropolis, you will have to take a cab because the train line won't be completed in time. So there'll be an airport, but no train line because that's an easier thing to do, isn't it? Build an airport, not a train line. Uh, So that will be it. Now, here's the thing. It is sounding a little bit like an episode of Utopia. If you do watch Utopia on uh, the ABC, uh, it kind of fictionalizes the, the, the foibles of government. And this sounds a little bit like it. But you know what? I don't disagree with it. I don't think it's actually a bad idea to do this. I think if you're going to invest in an international airport in that area, then you should have some uh, fall down, a trickle down effect uh, economically for people in the area. So Badgeries Creek and the the surrounding area would then have uh, an economy that Mm. is based around the area. I don't think that's actually stupid thinking at all. But I think you've got to think about balance there as well. You know, the idea right. of just having a casino near an airport is not enough. You've got to, if you are going to build a little city, you've got to have a variety of options there. For number number one, you've got to have a Chinatown. Where, where are you going to go when you've had a hundred cans and you need something to eat? <laughs> yeah, Chinatown. if your flight gets delayed, Chines. 
And that you get the announcement up on the board. Your flight has been delayed for the next four hours. Don't you tell me who doesn't like Chines. Chines is great food. Have a Chinatown. That solves that problem. Right. There you go. Hold on. So what what you're asking for, this this Merrickville, Badgerys, Creek, what do you reckon, Summit, that we're holding... Improv we're now. We're doing right now. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we're asking for calls on, on what people reckon yes. they need at Aerotropolis. Yes, and I am inviting you to be an idiot. I'm oh. just gonna, And I'll set that up by giving you some of the suggestions that I've come up with. Sure. Okay, so this is what Aerotropolis will need if we're going to make it truly a proper Australian city mm-hmm. outside of Sydney. Uh, number one, you need a filthy red light district. I mean, just really unsavory, <laughs> like an unsavory <laughs> one. I mean, we lost the cross. Right, that's gone. Forget about that. That dream is over. Yeah. Right, okay. this is a this is an opportunity for a fresh start with the filthiest red light district. We'll call it New Holland because it'll be a little bit like Amsterdam, <laughs> and it throws back to you know when Australia was New Holland. So yeah. New Holland, or you could call it Vadgeries Creek. I don't mind. Uh-huh. Um, <clears throat> that was a bit far. Um, it needs a beach. You need to have a beach there. Oh, a little city beach. Yeah, a little city beach. Yep. You can build one of those. They've done one of those in Brisbane very yep. successfully. So you could build one of those there because uh, you need to have somewhere for wankers to. Mm-hmm. Reside. Mm-hmm. So, you know, a little bit of Bondi there uh, in the West. Um, I think you need to have a small suburb of it called a Moss Woman, which is just for, obviously, for. Uh, yep. Horny, yep. Yep. Horny we housewives. know how you feel about people from Mossman. No, yep. not about people sure. from Mossman, just the housewives those horny, from Mossman. Those horny housewives that have got too yep. much money and just massively be Can I suggest something, Miss? Yeah, uh, in, in line with the great Australian tradition of big mm. things, mm. I think we need a big mm. thing at the airport. Maybe, oh, that's good. maybe a big aero bar, Aerotropolis, or a big Nick Giannopoulos at the Aerotropolis. Yeah, you, you lost me there. Okay. No need but we need a big thing. A big thing. We need a big thing you at the Aerotropolis. You do. You need to. We need to. A giant ibis. No. Oh. No, no. Well, actually, that could be good because it could scare off the other ibises so that the bin chickens never arrive at the Aerotropolis. Or or what happens is all the bin chickens think that that's their master and God, and then they fly out to Badgeries Creek. They hang out They get caught on the turbines. There's an accident. You haven't thought that one through, Liam? Why didn't you suggest it? I did too. That's a very good point. (laughs) I haven't thought about that. I haven't thought about anything I've said today. I don't... (laughs) I don't like to come in prepared mentally. We need it. We need. If anyone's got a suggestion yes. of the big thing we could have the Aerotropolis, yes. feel free. Yes. One triple three five three. I'll take any of your idiotic suggestions for Aerotropolis. What do we need if we are going to build a little satellite city at Badgeries Creek, also known as? <laughs> if we're going to build it there, what do we need? What elements of our city do we need to share with the new city? Here comes the money. Sorry, I think you've forgotten the bit where you give me some money because someone has to pay Merrick's salary. Here's a word from our sponsor. The following is an official announcement from the Australian Government. Over the past few years, thought crime has reached record levels. Subversion is rife. Our enemies are everywhere. Trust no one. Luckily, there is an answer. Peter Dutton. No, not Peter Dutton. Thank God. Introducing a new series on Podcast One that interrogates the real threats to Australia, like John Safran, Rob Sitch, and children's author Andy Griffiths. I love those treehouse books. Who will survive? Who will fail? Introducing Extreme Vetting with The Chaser. The Chaser. The only show with the power of life and death over its guests. Listen at podcast1.com.au or via the Podcast One app. Always talking about your city, even if your city is a new city called Aerotropolis. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Gladys Berejiklian, our uh, New South Wales Premier, 
has decided to take on, a, I think is actually quite a brave initiative and yeah. a clever initiative. It's a good idea. Uh, she wants to create a free economic zone at Badgerys Creek in the surrounding area to the airport there to encourage global companies to move in and the trickle-down effect, of course, is for the local community. And it could be a really good thing. I mean, it could be a gigantic turkey. Yeah. Could well, be the biggest turkey you've ever seen. I don't know. But only if we don't yeah. put the right things out there at the exactly. beginning. Exactly. Exactly. Because that's the thing. You know, it could be a, a, a turkey or we could turn this into a bin chicken. I mean, the opportunity's there. <laughs> you've lost me on the reference. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> but you've said that they absolutely have to include a Chinatown out there. Yeah, in case, one of those. In case you've had a few re- yep. refreshments yep. and you need somewhere to go and line the stomach. Yep. Got to have a Chinatown. And a filthy red light district. Yeah. <laughs> Well, not so quite on board with that. Why shouldn't people beyond the fringes of Western Sydney, right, like way yeah. out, why shouldn't they have the opportunity to yeah, travel? No, I get your point. You know, you, you bring them in from, you know, there's a lot of really sick, dirty, yep. broken people living in like Western New South Wales that could travel a few hours, just a short distance to Badgerys Creek where they could, you know, Look, I take, your, I take your point. I'm just not sure if that's what we want at the Aerotropolis. I had an idea for my big thing as well. I said we've got to do uh, something big out there in the yes. tradition, great Australian tradition. What about the giant high-vis vest? Oh, that's Because cool. then it acts as a beacon for the planes yeah, yeah. as well. Well, then they'll crash into the vest. You haven't thought, again, okay. not thinking these things through. Mark and Sinclair, hello, mate. G'day, gents. How are we? Very good, good indeed. All right. What does Aerotropolis need? Okay. Aerotropolis needs, like if you've got three or four hours on your hand, wait for your flight or it's been delayed. Yep. The double story mini putt putt. Oh, perfect. Have you seen one of these before, Mark? I mean, obviously, we're familiar with putt putt and aqua golf. No, I haven't, but I just sort of. About it, then we might go into partnership, mate. Double story. I like that. I don't know how that would work, but I don't care. It sounds good. Call but it Aerotropolis in one. You've got, you got to play the top deck first. Yeah. And then your ball goes down to the second deck, mm-hmm. and it gets harder, mm-hmm. and you earn points in regards to getting free flights. And You've just like described that. my <laughs> early interactions with ladies. <laughs> Mark wins. Mark, that was excellent. Oh, credit with credit's due. Hello, Graham in Grades in Gladesville. Hello. Hey Bears, how are you? Very good indeed. What should we be looking at for Aerotropolis? I think you need to have a um, a shooting range there where you can go clay pigeon shooting while you're waiting for your air flight. I do love it. What could possibly go wrong? Exactly. (laughs) I I do love it. When have guns and airports not missed? (laughs) And yep. you accuse me of not thinking through my ideas, No, no, Mets. hang on a second. Graham's got a very, very good point there. No, he what, doesn't. No, what if, what if planes are coming in, filthy bin chickens up in the air, there's nothing can be done about them. Graham's there with a sawn off, yeah. boom, bin think, chicken, I think, gone. I think we'll filter Graham's idea to the bottom <laughs> Graham, of the pile. Graham's having a good time and doing a public service. <laughs> Nathan and Norellan, hello, mate. Hey, boys, how are we going? Good, good mate. Man. We're taking stupid, idiotic suggestions for Aerotropolis. I hope you've got one. Mate, I'm on the subject of big things. It's western suburbs. You've got to have a big UGG boot. Yeah, oh, fair, fair, cool. The only the only thing here, Nathan, is do you have the guitar strap down the side or no guitar strap? Oh, yeah. his and hers, mate. One of each. And is it a well, boot or is it an ankle? Oh no, I got a boot. Go full boot. Okay. Yeah, right full up. Full boot. Yeah, full calf. <laughs> yeah, full calf. I mean, you've got to cover up the tattoos. So, you know, get one of those. You think of the yourself from the bottom of it. Yeah, see, there you go. <laughs> Nathan has thought this through. Oh, he's not going to be caught out, is he? Yeah, Thank no, you, Nathan. Well uh, let's get to Gary in Camden. Hi, Gary. Hey, how's it going, man? Very good, mate. What do we need for Aerotropolis? 
Well, some for the kids, yourself, like if you've got a few hours before your flight and that um, can re-viralise Bottoms Animal World down there and make a, yeah, run the kids around a few hours before like, you get on your flight and when they get on, they sleep all the way. Yeah, so like a little theme park to tucker them out before yeah. you fly. Yeah, and with the shooting um, one, um, Central Park, there's a shooting, um, Olympic shooting centre yeah. just uh, up the road. Gary, so. we are trying to move away from shooting. That was just a, <laughs> it was a silly suggestion. Listen, well, I think we've... I think we've all become a little fixated on guns at airports, and some of us are going to end up at a watch list. Gary, you're one of them. Darren in Yowie Bay. Hello, mate. G'day, Mev. Right. The, uh, I think we need a replica at Cronulla Beach. The, uh, you know, they always say it's not enough for young people to do in the western suburbs. You have yep. a beach, Cronulla Beach. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. People get anxious. They're mm-hmm. going to have a riot. Nothing to do. Quick exactly. riot. See, there you people- go. Because in the past, in the in the past, Western suburbs, the the meeting of the Western suburbs in Cronulla has always worked out so well. Uh, look, <laughs> Lakemba often gets a bad rap, but groups of residents there uh, now decided that they're just going to do one. Uh, they've created <laughs> a fun good. music video. The voices of Lakemba Group have been rewarded with their song that they created called You're Always Welcome Here in Lakemba as part of Sydney Vision Song Contest, right? So we know Eurovision Song Contest, yeah? So there's a Sydney Vision Song Contest, yeah, Mm. where different parts of Sydney can Mm. compete for the grand total of $2,300. And a group from Lakemba have put it together. This is their song. It's called You're Always Welcome Here in Lakemba. This is real. This is their song. Energetic star. has got an agenda and your bulletproof vest. You came to Lakemba. Your aim once again was to come here to blame. The people of this neighborhood and give us a bad name. We're tired of being used as a backdrop to your news. Using race, religion, division to confuse. Trying to portray Lakemba is a failure of multicultural Australia. You're always welcome here, Lakemba. You know what? It's not that bad. They're doing something good on them. Right, mm. they're getting out there and trying to promote a positive image for Lakemba. Mm-hmm. That's not good. Like, and our people go, "Oh, you wouldn't even know about it, Merrick. You wouldn't even go there. That's rubbish." I've been there. I've been to Lakemba Mosque. Mm. So there you go. I do go out and and explore our great city, and they're trying to change the perception of it. But here's the thing, right? If you're going to do, you're always welcome here in Lakemba. With your chorus there, I'm not knocking the lyrics. It's good. The intent's there. But put a bit of energy into it. It was recorded at the end of the day. You can if you have a listen to this. This is the so this, this is the, the hook of the song. Yeah. Sounds like end of the day recording, doesn't it? Yeah. Who's that Blake? That Blake's coming to nowhere. Yelling out. Yeah, okay. you're saying it needs something. Yeah. Well, look, these guys too. I'm going to get to that in a moment. These guys have done a great job. They've, they've won Sydney Vision Song Contest. They won two thousand three hundred dollars. And they get to play at a gig at the Newtown Festival because obviously it wasn't safe enough to hold on the Kemba. Um, so <laughs> what have you done? I've just I just what gave this done? over for a remix because hey, you write a rap song, there's always a remix, yeah. We know that mm-hmm. absolutely. Daft Punk did Kanye West better, faster, stronger. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying there's going to be a remix. And it's probably going to be very predictable, mm-hmm. incredibly predictable. Sorry, Pete, you got it all wrong. Come Not on, Mary. Come on. They're trying to fight that. Not physically fight it, not with like guns. I mean, not... Oh, that's. Uh, I might be welcome there. Are you proud of yourself? I am a little bit. I am a little bit because, you know, it was a good idea. I, I won't be welcome to Lakemba anytime soon there.
Merrickville here on Triple M. Something very interesting for you guys. The Trials of the Vampire. It's a brand new podcast available on Podcast One. That's the app, or you can go to podcast one or one word, dot com dot au. Now, here's what it's about. I'm Adam Shan, and welcome to the Trials of the Vampire. Over the next 10 episodes, I'll be telling the story of Melbourne's so-called vampire gigolo, Shane Chartres Abbott, who was murdered in 2003. But let's start from the beginning. In August 2002, Shane was accused of raping and mutilating a client. The alleged assault was savage and included the partial amputation of the victim's tongue. She survived despite her injuries and told police that Shane had attacked her. She also said that Shane had claimed to be a 200-year-old vampire that needed the fresh blood of victims to survive. Sounds like science fiction, but it is in fact based on real events. Uh, Three years later, a jail inmate confesses to the crime and makes a series of sensational allegations about being a vampire. Now, Adam Shand is a journalist, a broadcaster and an author with 30 years of experience in Victorian crime, and he joins me on the line now. He is, of course, the author of The Trials of the Vampire. Adam, welcome to the show, mate. Thanks, Merrick. Appreciate it. Okay, how did you come across this story and what was it? What was the hook for you as an author to then turn this into a podcast? Well, I've been working on the story, on a few aspects of the story while I was working on the Australian newspaper, particularly the allegations that the pol- that police might have been involved in Shane's murder and so forth. And that, that was kind of the motivation when I was asked to, by Podcast One to get involved in doing some podcasts. I listened to this story, but I kind of assumed that Shane Chartres Abbott, who was the male escort, was guilty of the rape. And then when I started to look, I thought, hang on, there's actually a lot more to this. And there's a lot that simply doesn't fit. And we in the media had kind of gone crazy on the whole vampire gigolo thing, mm-hmm. the blood, the tongue, and all this sort of stuff. But yep. in fact, there was a lot deeper story there. And I kind of went, well, let's, let's tell this bloke's story. And then you kind of get into the murder as well. And you sort of think it, it's an extraordinarily big story, one of the biggest I've ever done. Mate, these uh, kind of crime podcasts now are just massive, aren't they? They're huge around the world. And I mean, some of them have been turned into, you know, well, we've seen recently Netflix specials. They turn them into television uh, series as well. But these, there is a real uh, kind of appetite for people to get involved in these non-fictitious crime stories. Exactly. Well, like, well, I guess, you know, people are always like true crime books and a podcast is a bit like a book. You pick it up mm. when you want to get into it and you do and you get you have the space and time to do a real forensic look at things, whereas most in the mainstream media you, you control by you know, your schedules and so forth. Yeah. And this, you really get into it. And I think in our case, we sort of saw the possibilities of it because I've, I've worked a bit in film and documentary and things. And, and But, well, why don't we bring a few extra elements to it, like, you know, adding character voices and so forth, people who have given statements who wouldn't speak, who are dead and so forth, you know, to get extra voices in there. You realise it's a really big palette to, to work with. Mate, I just want to get back to the actual story. Did you have contact with the jail inmate that confessed to this crime? No, I haven't. Uh, he's locked away and unable to be spoken to. I've, I've fired off you know, a few messages to people that know him and heard nothing back. He's mm. keeping real quiet. But he sticks to his story. You know, there's a whole bunch of holes in it. Yep. And, uh, you know, but he still sticks to it. And, and that's, what, that's what motivated the Victorian police here. And they spent $30 million trying to stand up his allegations because oh, what right. he was saying was that I can help you because at that time, back in 03 and, and, and so forth, mm. the Victorian police were, were, were facing calls for a royal, a royal commission because there was talk of police getting hooked up with various drug villains. Yep. So he was a bloke saying, I'll help you clean it up. And so they jumped at the chance. And I think they developed a bit of tunnel vision and they ignored quite a few things that didn't quite fit the, fit the story. What about the sensational claim that Shane is, in fact, a 200-year-old vampire? 
<laughs> I haven't been able to prove that one. I haven't actually been able to prove the existence of vampires at all. But you can imagine how that went down with the media, of course. Yep. This, this lurid scene, uh, tongue half pulled up, blah, the vampire, and, and they jumped on it. But no one bothered to look at the bloke, you know? Yep. And what I, what I managed to do was to find his mates and people he grew up with and his family, and they just painted a whole different story. And, and people who'd been with him, like a counsellor and a psychiatrist, said, there's no way this bloke was guilty. And when you look at the evidence... You know, the victim, and she certainly suffered some sort of attack, but she can't remember who did it. All she knows is that the, the last person in the room was Change Archer's Abbott. Well, and what we found out was that there was, it was possible that others could have been in the room because the back, the back door of the hotel was broken and allowing people to come in and out. So there's theoretically uh, another possibility, and certainly there was a lot of doubt that he was involved in this. Well, listen, if you do like uh, crime podcasts and, and just true crime in general, uh, this is a cracker to get on to. You can go to podcastone.com.au or you can just get the Podcast One app and you can find it there. It is called The Trials of the Vampire by Adam Shand. Adam, thank you very much for having a chat to me, mate. Well, thank you, Merrick. Appreciate that a lot. Thank you. Thank you for visiting Merrickville. And be a Merrickvillian. Uh, Merrickvillite. Merrickvillaman. Join us on Facebook or Twitter at Merrickville FM 104.9. Triple.